Welcome to the My Muy Bueno Women in Business podcast to inspire, empower, strengthen, support and motivate you on your walk as a woman in business. I'm Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno and a very big welcome yet again, here we are two weeks on to uh, this fortnight's episode. Hope you have all had a cracking past fortnight. Uh, Once again, the time seems to just be blurring on by. And uh, my last two weeks has definitely been no exception to that. It's been absolutely bananas. It's been up, down, like forget, like roller coaster. It's just been like up like a boomerang to the sky and then back down to the earth and back up again to like the the outer hemisphere and beyond. I don't know, just like really such extremes. And so having to go through that grueling emotional up and down process while keeping busy, running my business, juggling all the balls, doing everything that I always do um, all the time anyway, and looking after my boys and having to navigate through uh, what's been a massive curveball situation and make sure I put all my ducks in a row, even more than ever before. And um, and it started to really completely overwhelm me uh, to a point that I was just like going into meltdown mode because I was being pushed to compromise and that's not what I do. And it was just making me spin out. Um, and I started obviously sharing a little bit with you last week. So um, I might as well just rip the bandaid off and tell you because then you're all in the loop. So basically, uh, the last few months of lockdown has been pretty hardcore. And my husband just didn't really deal with it so well. So he kind of stopped working in the business or being involved so much. And as I'd explained, you know, he came into the business a few years ago. Um, that way, you know, I just had our second son. And that way I wasn't trying to juggle having my, you know, both boys and trying to juggle everything. Uh, bearing in mind, I obviously created the business, you know, to be able to be a mummy, but, you know, certainly not trying to do it all on my own um, constantly. And then, you know, getting someone to come into the business to handle the financial side was really important and to take that whole area off of my shoulders, which is obviously then when my husband came off of yachts and came into the business to do that. And then he got to obviously enjoy all the perks of both the business and um, everything that that then got to kind of uh, the lifestyle it, it afforded him and us as a family. And of course, the flexibility and the enjoyment of being uh, around and being able to be a part of of. Our, our boys from such a young age. Anyway, lockdown, this time with the boys, very hardcore. We've obviously had a hugely dramatic year um, and therefore a lot of his role in the business, you know, he used to be very heavily involved in the cookery school and other areas of the business, which of course, those things are either on hold or different elements I've put to bed now. So ultimately kind of led on some kind of, you know, a process of not really feeling like he had a purpose in the business anymore um, and was therefore no longer really invested in into doing doing so much so he's decided to go back to what he does and his calling and his passion which is working on yachts again the curveball of course being that he took a job without telling me and uh, and then told me he had taken the job and gave me two weeks notice and now he's gone <laughs> for six months ding dong ding was my list of buttons to press there we go that would be the noise I would make at exactly that time so I've had to uh, pretty much reorchestrate my entire life in the last two weeks in order, and this is where all the everything was starting to really kind of suffocate me. I felt like that person Neo in the Matrix when the melted uh, mercury is starting to go up his neck and along his arm and just completely and utterly swallow him up. That's how I was starting to feel at the enormity of um, the situation, the fact that I had no choice in the situation. Uh, obviously, my husband now is very apologetic and sorry and he didn't really think about how he went about doing things and of course should have spoken to me first and included me in said conversation about taking a job and going away for six months and leaving me with the children on my own uh, while running my business and dealing with everything else but it is what it is and as always we keep getting these hurdles and here's another one in my life that I'm having to just handle head first and deal with it in the face of adversity right now and navigate through it. Has it been easy? Hell no. Um, But am I okay? Yes. 
I am just having to uh, the strength of the right individuals around me, the right girlfriends, the right people that I can, um, yeah, who are there to as brilliant kind of sounding boards and have been throughout the last few months. And then just very kind of small doses of other individuals, you know, you really get to see kind of different people's stances on things. And of course, you take what, you know, it resonates with you, you know, and lots of people have very different concepts or ideas or, or views about different things, you know, based on, on their own life and how they live in their life uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's right for you um but yeah kind of just uh, taking the bits that are helpful and beneficial and the rest is I'm just pushing forward really uh but very up and down lots and lots of just emotional kind of outpourings and lots of tears and um just trying to trying to process I guess um with no time to process and no being not involved in the process I guess so having that rug pulled in such a way has really kind of knocked me for six um and yet again just like another element of the aftermath of COVID and and yeah like we hadn't already had enough (laughs) going on in the last year uh, and for my boys especially to be like you know they lost their friends their school their house their everything that they knew being my muy bueno with the deli and the cookery school and my office and our sites and everything you know and then up been coming to, to to England in the middle of the pandemic and new school new house new everything then another lockdown then another lockdown with no school and then obviously you know a few months of things not being quite so n- normal and then daddy's gone and gone for six months for the first time in their lives and that's a huge deal and they've already had so much instability and now you know so therefore this is why thank you lord for putting the pressure on me and laying it heavy on my heart and thank you that I listened because uh, as always we should always go with our gut instinct wherever you feel you're taking that from and this you know I really felt it's God given um the Lord really telling me just to about laying it in my heart about my puppy and thank goodness because who ever knew in a million years that my husband would have gone off on a boat for six months and then the very next day the puppy arrives yay distraction and uh happiness and joy and love and just what we need in our house right now so yeah so the last two weeks have been a bit bananas because I had to go right well hold on a minute I'm gonna need someone you know there's still a few things that you do and 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 what about the school run because you look after that and like hold on a minute like this is all in like woof um and I was rushing to try and do things and rushing to try and find someone and you know rushing and first nanny I found you know interviewed her and then the next day she's like messaging me after I'd caught up with the girlfriend for a lunch for the first time since November like interacted with another friend and had a few glasses of wine and then this other girl this girl who I'd messaged you know was messaging me and saying oh I can't actually work in July or August I'll be away for a month it's like well that's gonna be school holidays and oh I haven't got a DBS check it'll take a few weeks what no it doesn't it takes like two days and it just made me start spinning because it was just like you know I'm being pushed into a corner trying to make a plan when I haven't you know uh I got pushed off the cliff you know I didn't choose to jump off the cliff I got pushed off the cliff and I was trying to make that parachute literally I was like taking off my jogging bottoms and making parachute on the way back on the way down um and and because I had no choice and obviously those jogging bottoms aren't sufficient to be a parachute so therefore it wasn't going to work and it was making me spin out so um anyway that was when I went on my Instagram I had I ended up kind of saying goodbye to my friend I went off waltzing around the king road in a in a kind of uh semi-upset um few glasses of wine in sort of state on a sunny friday in chelsea king's road beautiful sunny lovely vibe so i kind of found myself in anthropology and next thing i know i was on my instagram story having a little bit of a kind of upset meltdown moment sharing just it was all too much and anyway then I completely forgot about this because I went off trying on clothes and um went around the anthropology and then off I went trotted down the king's road and anyway and I got home and by that point I'd had loads of missed calls on my phone between then there and home and friends messaging and always messages on Instagram and it shared to my Facebook and always messages there and everyone go like everyone like well I'm so distressed to see you distressed and are you okay and what's going on so I guess it was my cry for help I guess because I'd been really putting a lid on this and dealing with like the enormity of things happening and bubbling away for the last few months but then the enormity of this whole situation was bigger than me and bigger than anything that I'd handled and it's happened in my safe space in my home space in my inner circle my happy place and um 
and also then being kind of shoved into a corner to try and make decisions and do things quickly with no help whatsoever to do them and just the overwhelmingness of it all anyway um uh one of my closest and oldest girlfriends literally drove across london from north to south london and she came up to came and just literally held me and hugged me and stroked my head and all those things that need to be done uh, when you're hysterical and upset um and I was like oh I've, I've yeah I've taken it off of Instagram she was like no no it's still on there I was like oh okay <laughs> whoops um uh, and I had I deleted one part of like the first 15 seconds not the second and of course there were even more messages and everyone was just really concerned and the messages were so lovely everyone and it was the reality of everyone going wow you know Justine's always strong and always happy and always independent and yes she goes through ups and downs but everyone was so flawed because they're like I've never seen you like this like so it's such a I'm getting all emotional now um it was such an eye opener you know and so I guess the the one part of it is the reality of it's so important to open up and to share you know because I'm always so kind of hell-bent on being like I'm strong I'm strong you know I'm okay I'm strong I'm okay and sometimes maybe I'm just saying it enough times to convince myself so I do you know stay strong and also when you let your guard down in such a way and you are openly vulnerable in such a way you're you're it's a you've seen for me I guess it's always looked like a sign of weakness I guess to show that things aren't okay or whatever you know so uh, anyhow so that's one side people the the outpouring from my community was amazing and and the strength and the power and just reading messages was just like, wow, you know, knowing that people, people who I don't even know were messaging, just saying, you know, and they were so shaken to see me like that and just like sending all their love. And anyway, the next morning um, I woke up to a message from a uh, a girlfriend over in Mallorca who's a brilliant chef. She's been a chef in my cookery school is a guest chef before, um, worked for me many times over the years, and she'd sent me a voice message out of the blue on WhatsApp and said that someone got hold of her who's an Instagram follower of mine but kind of came through her when she came to work for me at my cookery school. And so, uh, but she's also a friend and she's known her for years and that she contacted her because she was so distressed after seeing my story. She wanted to offer her help in any way possible. Now, bearing in mind, I didn't actually say anything about my situation or circumstances on my story. So again, this was for me another really God-given area um, that the Lord just intervened, felt like just by my opening up, like the opening and, and sharing and then just his involvement and, and, and just like what a gift that came from nowhere off the back of this. So she said, well, I'm a nanny and I live like just in South London, not far from where I think Justine lives. Uh, if there's anything I can be doing to help, I'd really love to do so. Can you please pass this message on to her? Um, and if so, to connect us. And I was just like, what? Like, you couldn't make it up, you know? You just couldn't make it up. Wow, wow. Anyway, she was working. She's employed, but she has really great connection of fantastic nannies that she knows, trusted individuals with first aid and DBS checks and fully available all the summer holidays. Um, and having that, so basically we got, we were connected. She was just like, right, I'm going to get on the case. You know, I thought, oh, really, I need to find someone who can help with the house as well. Um and keeping on top of all those things and um anyway she found me the most amazing nanny who came she met the boys and uh and she started last week so uh so that's been a massive change because obviously just finding you know having a stranger suddenly you know not living in but just being around now and uh, and obviously it's super important you know this is the biggest glass ball ever and I've never had a nanny before and like isn't it funny rewind a few podcasts um and we we're talking about being working mummies we're talking like what four weeks ago now not even two podcasts ago or something and I sat there and I was just and I always find this when you say something and then literally two minutes later the polar opposite happens and literally I was like oh, I've never had a nanny never needed to have a nanny um and here I am now I now have a nanny how about that <laughs> uh so my nanny is very much having to fill the role of the things that my husband was responsible for so doing the school runs taking the boys to school picking them up and therefore that's why there's just no way I could ever have ever have compromised on that Do you know I haven't had anyone else other than myself and my husband who 
take my children to school or to anywhere, you know, and it's a huge fear, you know, just the things like holding hands and crossing the road and going to a park and having eyes on them at all times in this world we live in. Um, massive, massive deal. So therefore, that's why I felt so unstable and so unbalanced with everything. So, um, but also I was like rushing to try and get someone who could handle, like interviewing someone to work in the business, handling extra threads of things that were his ball, balls to handle. And then this, and it was just too much. Like I can't be trying to interview people and train people up and then I'm not going to be doing my job or, and uh, my job is what brings the business, the money in and keeps the revenue going. And right now we're really busy and I need to keep being there for my clients and doing my job uh, and spinning all the plates all the time. So anyhow, it's like my focus had to be, I woke up and I was like, no, I need to focus on right here, right now. This is my home. This is my, my, the four walls of my house. This is my focus, my children, my family, finding the right individual and now having that person now I can look at now everything we've had hand over time and time together and learning you know all these different things isms and and to make sure the fit is right and everything was great and now the focus and obviously puppy Koji arrived last week the timing could not be better. Uh, he's amazing and he's giving us all the love and he's just absolutely adorable um, and just yeah he's good as gold as well he really is so that's all been brilliant. Now my time, my my attention is shifting. I've got the girl, one of the girls I interviewed before, because I kind of was right rushing to conduct other interviews. And but actually, the one girl I'd interviewed first was so perfect. And having her come in now tomorrow to do a trial with me at the office, and just starting to now pick up the next ball and trying not to do all of it at once. Um, pick up, put down. Pick up, put down. Remember always. So yeah, massive curveball been very overwhelming uh not much time to process any of it um and uh just had to put my feet on the ground and get up and just just figure it out and get those ducks of mine in a row to protect myself to protect my family to to put the structures in place that I can make sure that we were going to be okay and that my husband's going to be not here for six months I need to make damn sure that we're going to be okay just on the day-to-day um and that it's not going to knock me and all of that I do because my schedule is so intense um and and again that I wouldn't be feeling the way I was then feeling which is just completely overwhelmed so that's been my um massive shift (laughs) again the irony we covered change as well of course, back with Samantha a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, the irony is not lost in me. I feel like every topic we cover is we're going to be just, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be a cycle of things that we're just going to continuously cover for business and life. And we're all going to go through these cycles. And this is why it resonates, because it doesn't matter what your situation, but it's going to be the same thing each time. And again, when you're going through these things, it's making sure you have the right people around you, rid anyone who shows themselves as a naysayer or is toxic in any way, or their input doesn't really serve you. And you hold them at a distance, or you keep them a little bit further away, and they don't need to be part of your inner circle. Um, you need the people who are strong and on board and championing you in all the ways uh, to strengthen you and power you up and fuel you. Um, And as always, you know, with all these situations, again, it's just another part, another chapter in my story now. And and, you know, and I don't just say that like it's just black and white because it's definitely not. It's just, you know, it's been painful. It's been hard. And I've just it's it's massive. Uh, my headspace on the whole thing has been. Yeah, it's it's been really like full on. Uh, but just moving through it, taking one day at a time. And um, and yeah, and that's it, really. I just think I want to that, that was last week. So now that's week one. Need to get through week two now and get my ducks further in a row. Um, I'm very busy with the build up uh, for my new agency launch, which is coming in the next few weeks. So I'm hugely busy with that and a couple of campaigns for that. That's going to be so exciting. It's going to just bring everything together uh, in a way that I never in a million years would have seen coming or happening or being inspired to do had it not been for being here in London still working with Mallorca and amazing individuals over there and again it's just creating something so special now um, with my being here and just the connection there and 
connection between everything that I do in my Muy Bueno when it comes to luxury food and lifestyle. So I'll be sharing all of that with you in a few weeks' time as well. Then I'm also busy with doing a massive rebrand. So engage with a big uh, another web design um, company and uh, doing all of that as well. So that should be coming out in June. Then I've got a big CEO photo shoot coming out in June as well. So I've got all these huge projects going on all the while. I'm busy working, working, working like crazy with all the other divisions uh, and on jobs. I mean, recruitment's bananas right now, which is fantastic. So I'm just busy just doing what I do. And and if anything, all of this just fuels me more as much as I then end up can have, you know, one day when I start the day and I feel like I'm the strongest person who walked the earth and is walking the earth at that moment. And by two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm a blubbering wreck and I'm crying and I just need to just like down tools because I feel so depleted of my emotion and my energy and holding my shit together. Uh, sorry, I best put a, a thing on this now that I've said that. <laughs> sorry for any profanities, um, but you you get the gist. So ladies, uh, so that's that really. That's me. Let's talk about today's episode because we've got a pretty outstanding guest. And uh, well, next week she opens up again. In fact, everyone opens again. Finally, um, everyone can open up properly again and do indoor eating again. And oh my goodness, it's going to be amazing. So um, yeah, very excited uh, for my guest today, who is Chantelle Nicholson, an absolutely incredible woman, wonderful chef, uh, and I'm really excited to talk all about um, today's episode um, with all of you, which is uh, consciousness in business, and share everything that Chantelle has to share about that with you. And uh, so consciousness in business, I would say from the start, from the very beginning for me, my movie when I was never... Uh, has never been like all about profit and margin and making money and diddla. You know, um, it's been about, you know, I've had a clear purpose, you know, beyond simply making profit. And my values, as you well know, my core values, pride, passion, integrity, ambition, and love are at the front of my mind when making all of my business decisions. So very, very mindful. And in turn, I think that makes your business quite sustainable when you're very led by your values. Um, and therefore you become from that, you know, not only are you making a business, a conscious business, but you're also becoming a conscious entrepreneur. Um, and I think that's, you know, because again, you're not just driven by money, you're driven by um, what you're doing and uh, the the good of it all and the wider benefit that it's going to have on it all. Um, and that's a much bigger drive for you and definitely has been for me with community, with vision, with joining all the dots. Um, so I think in terms of how to become more conscious in business, I think one, it's being, you know, being aware of how your uh, business operates is very important and how your business kind of operations impact with everyone that you interact with, you know, from, uh, you know, just a day to day or your employees or your supply chain, and then, you know, how you're perceived and then who, um, uh, I guess, you know, who, who you as a business associate with as well. Um, and who like people associate you with. So all of these kind of things, uh, join the dots together. Um, and again, it has to start from within, it has to start from you. Um, and I think that ultimately comes down to you having a purpose, having a purpose, having a passion. And going back to good old Simon Sinek again, to quote, who I've quoted a few times throughout podcast one and uh, season one and, and two, um, you know, who's the guy who wrote the book, Let's Start With Why. Brilliant book. If you haven't read it, please go and get it. But like he says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So yeah, 100% massively important, have a purpose and have a passion, which you should all do. And if you're just starting with your business, you know, you should be, what's your drive? What's your vision? What's your calling? You know, why are you wanting to do it? What's your focus, you know? Um, number two, I think it's important to... Um, to, to practice better value-based leadership. Because as a leader in your business, um, you're expected to lead based on your core values because they are shaped by your purpose and your environment. Um, and I think ultimately, you know, when people say to me, you know, do personal and business, business values differ? 
to you, you know, for me personally, they don't, you know, my core values are my bueno's core values. It's all an extension of me. Therefore, that's what I live by. And it's what I lead by. And it's what I run my business by and what the business operates from and what our standards are from and dictated by. Um, That may be true for you in your business, or it may not. I would hope it would be because that makes sense. And for me, it is a huge part of the formula for success for certain um and it's what makes you you because again it's that connection between you and your business and uh the individuality that it has and the authenticity that it has um and no one can ever take that away from you uh, being a value-based leader, uh, meaning that you should uh, be aiming to inspire and to motivate and encourage based on your core values. I think it's important that you reflect on what matters to you and what you stand for. Um, and that gives you that sense of right and wrong based on your values. And then it helps you and it enables you to make decisions with confidence. Um, and that's it. You know, I've said it many times before how I, you know, make my decisions based on those values. And if I feel like those values are being compromised, like recently, it makes me go all types of feel very, very strange. And therefore, I know it's definitely not the right thing to do. Um, and if I have ever gone against the grain ever like haven't done it for some time talking a long time ago but whenever I did made that wrong decision even though my gut and everything else was telling me no um and then I only found out and got burnt from that experience and I had to learn from that learning that by compromising then ultimately the result is going to be not the one for you because you're driven by only these values you do something outside of that then obviously it's going to go wrong and that person's wrong or that individual, that supplier or that company or that decision you made is going to be wrong and have a bad outcome and a negative outcome. And yeah, that's no good. That doesn't serve you. And then finally, I think about creating the culture, Um, you know, business culture, um, I'd say is demonstrated, you know, by the way it behaves, you know, and I think like a conscious, creating a conscious business culture, um, you know, actively promoting learning and development and uh, practicing accountability and responsibility in your business and with all the people you interact with or have within your business. Um, and then how that, you know, impacts others. And then you share that with others in all that you do. Um, and I just think it's easy to overlook the importance of that whole side of things and the whole culture side of things and I guess it's something we should and we will talk about further down the line um, but I think when you've got it right inside and out that's where the magic happens and that's how it all grows together um, and moves forward and you'll continue making something pretty epic and amazing so that's all of my input with all of my notes that I have for you for um, sharing my views on all of this and how it kind of is such an important area for me and how I've created my Muy Bueno as a business and as a brand um, and a group. Uh, but now I'm going to pass you over to the incredible Chantelle. She's an amazing chef. Um, she's worked for many years, part of the Marcus Waring Group. She's expanded with her own uh, business uh, all's well. Um, and she's got other plans always on the agenda. She's She's got, I mean, she's written an amazing cookbook. She's done lots of things. And actually, I didn't even mention it. She also won for Treadwell's, her other restaurant. She won a, a green Michelin star, uh, which is, woof. sorry, guys. That's a bit loud. Sorry, that's my phone going. I need to run because I know to pick my son up from a birthday party right now. Um, so I'm going to lead you straight into the reality of this podcast as a working mummy and a woman in business and my husband now being away that I'm having to be mummy and daddy all in one doing all these things. No nanny on the weekend. Um, so I, I'm going to run. I'm going to send you across. But yeah, Green Michelin staff for Chantelle, awarded for sustainability. Uh, so up, she's an amazing woman. I'm going to put you across to her now enjoy and I'll be back right after so welcome Chantelle thank you lovely to have you thank you so much for coming on thanks for having me so you're going to be opening back up again next week which is very very exciting after all this time I know who would have thought six months don't it's ridiculous so yeah so you're opening again on the 19th um but we'll we'll cover a bit more about the restaurants and everything obviously lockdown and covid and things a bit later on um but 
first and foremost, for those who don't know you who are listening, um, if you can share a little bit about your journey, because I mean, you're from, you hail from New Zealand, uh, but you actually, obviously you're in the restaurant industry, you're a chef now, but rewinding right back, you actually trained as a lawyer. I did, I did. Rewinding right back is right quite, back. yeah, quite the journey. So mm-hmm. yes, I um, I guess, you know, starting with, yeah, growing up in New Zealand, surrounded by amazing produce and a love, I had just had a love of food, really. Um, and I was in my, probably in my final year at high school, actually. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do, what I wanted to I I knew I was going to university because that was just kind of a given. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to study. I knew which university I wanted to go to, which was down the opposite end of the country um, to where I grew up and, in you know, near central Otago, which was a place I, I loved dearly. And so I thought, well, you know, what's something that's kind of generic um, that I can do that I don't really need to make, you know, too much of a decision about right now. So I decided to do law and commerce, so business studies. Um, and embarked on that quite a few years ago now. <laughs> okay. And how far did you get? Did you kind of go all the way through with your training? Yeah, so and- I finished my both degrees. I graduated. I then, um, yeah, did actually start working in a job. Um, and whilst in my first job, I also did my bar exam. So I got admitted wow. to the bar. Wow. And okay. then literally upped and moved to London. Wow. Okay, just like <laughs> bit, of, bit of a change in scenery. That was just a relationship change at the time, or change just in everything. So I had I'd started working um, as a chef or as a cook, really. Okay. I guess it was my first job um, in my third year at university because I needed a job. Obviously, had of a kind of growing student loan, but also had quite a bit of time on my hands because I didn't. The studies weren't that onerous. Okay. Um, so just walked into a local cafe that I loved and said, look, I really love to cook. Don't have any experience. But, uh, you know, if, you don't, if you're looking for anyone, here's my CV. Um, and twist of fate, they said, well, we're actually about to advertise for a Saturday cook. So that was my kind of first step into a, you know, it was a tiny, tiny kitchen, had a domestic oven, um, and it was a lot of baking and kind of breakfasty stuff. So I used to have to start at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning, which okay. when you're a student – yeah, you know, quite, quite onerous. Good for the soul. Um, and so then in our summer holidays, which is our Christmas holidays, mm-hmm. um, I applied for a job as a kitchen porter at a restaurant um, and just started working there as a chef. And that's when I kind of grew to love that and, and my kind of studies became secondary. So I just really enjoyed working and pretty much worked full time. Um, in the kitchen whilst I finished off um, my studies. Wow. But then I, yeah, my mother said to me, well, you know, you've kind of spent quite a lot of time and quite a lot of money on um, these degrees. Why don't you just go and give it a try? If you don't like it, that's fine. But I think you just need to to give it a try. Um, So that's what I did. I moved to Wellington, capital city of New Zealand, and started, got a job um, with the banking ombudsman. Um, But then was offered a job at the Savoy Grill <laughs> a year and a half later wow. after, meeting, after meeting Josh Emmett, who was the head chef of the Savoy Grill um, in New Zealand in the Gordon Ramsay scholarship competition, which I managed to get through to the final off and kind of blagged my way there. Um, that's amazing. I mean, that's, um, let's pause for a minute. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it is. We, we go through things so quickly in life sometimes without actually stopping to appreciate them. And even when storytelling and sharing in such a way, it's kind of like, that's a huge deal. I mean, the fact that you went from cooking in a small cafe to then working as a KP, but then entering the Gordon, a Gordon, so the Gordon Ramsay scholarship was in New Zealand at the time or? So it's the only, it's, it's all very, yeah, it's kind of quite a bit of fate involved in it, I think. Um, okay. It's the only time it was ever held outside the UK. And I think it was because of Josh, Josh's connection. Um, so he came over to judge it and it was, yeah, I just, I just kind of saw it on a, in a, um, magazine it kind of just a little ad in my favorite food magazine in New Zealand called Cuisine Magazine um and you had to submit a three-course menu with recipes um and so I kind of did that and didn't really think anything of it and then got a call to say oh you've made it into the semi-final 
at which point I completely freaked out having not been in the kitchen. <laughs> really. What have I done? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, there's going to be all these amazing chefs and I'm just going to look really stupid. Um, but, yeah, managed to get into the final. Um, and, amazing. yeah, so Josh said to me, well, you know, there's a job there whenever you want it. So I literally went into work the next day, handed in my notice and got my visa as quick as I could. And oh, goosebumps. That's amazing. Thought, thought I'd be here for two years. And that was, yeah, almost 17 years ago. Wow. Wow. <laughs> followed your heart, followed your passion. In- yeah. Well, I think also when I reflect on it now, I think I was very naive as to what I was getting myself into, which I'm very grateful for because I think if I'd actually kind of realised the, the scope of, you know, going to the Savoy Grill at, at that point in time, I probably would have... Talked yourself out of it or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Freaked so, out at the enormity of, yeah. I know. So the naivety of you. was actually a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. What, what an experience, though. Just even rocking up to the Savoy for the first time, going, like, pinch me. Like, this is a... Yeah. I, I don't think I slept at all the night before I started. I'm sure. Um, it was just, yeah, it was such a different ball game to anything I'd kind of experience and first time in England I guess as well and then living in England and all of it wow amazing so from there you then moved across uh it's when you had your opportunity in the Marcus Waring group and the restaurants there that was yes I moved to Patrice what was then Patrice at the Barclay um about yeah I think I spent about a year and a half at the Savoy and then moved over to Patrice after that yeah. yeah. Again, what being in one amazing hotel in London to another amazing hotel in London. I mean, what prestige again, just to have that experience must have been amazing. So now, I mean, because over your time then uh, to follow Paz, you started as a commie chef and then you were promoted to a senior sous. And then from there, you kind of uh, handle your general manager and then moved to Opstar. I mean, you really blossomed in all areas within the whole group which of course must have held you in good stead now especially as a woman in business all those different avenues that you've experienced over the years yeah I think I definitely I would yeah say I I had a 360 view of of everything and actually rather than just kind of you know witnessing it from afar and I guess you know absorbing information I actually did a lot of the jobs um, within the business you know, over the years. So I guess, yeah, there's kind of not too many jobs that I probably couldn't, obviously I'd be very rusty now, but (laughs) but you're right. It definitely, you know, opened my eyes to actually what it's like to, what it means and what's important in, in running a business. And then obviously since then, all those different hats you were wearing. And then let's not forget, let's add cookbook author onto that as well. Because then you published Planted, your first cookbook. And I think that was your direction, the beginning of the direction of obviously then going back in the kitchen, Treadwells, all of everything, your heart, your passion starting to come through via your cookbook and your menus and all of your love for sustainability and plant-based eating and cooking and teaching people and sharing with that and building kind of your community, I guess, as well. And sort of people who are really excited by those things and like kind of magnets kind of coming to you going, wow, this is amazing. This is something different. So I think you started to really get your your name and reputation started to kind of come into its own because it was your authentic truth, I guess, you were starting to work and live in. Yeah, I think that's a really good kind of reflection on it. I think, you know, as you get older, you kind of are more aware of, of kind of what's important to you and who you are. And I think to then be able to, for me to be able to operate in that way um, has been a really important part of, of the journey. Of course. It doesn't really feel like work, I think, when you are driven by passion and heart and and again just being true to you and and who in who you are and knowing what that is and and again finding your people along the way and that's yeah where the magic happens so so let's go into like the whole world of business because I knew then over the years you ended up taking full ownership of Treadwells and becoming the Tridwell's owner um, mm-hmm. and that would must have been slightly you know a, a very different move in itself I guess in terms of you know being part of a group and being employed to suddenly having to be at the top and suddenly having to make sure it's all out of your own pocket and so on and so forth it's a whole different world. Yeah I mean I think I'd, I'd probably I think that's why it kind of came about as I always always actually treated each business as if it was mine 
um, and, nice. and had that level of accountability and responsibility. Probably, you know, in, in hindsight, probably too much in some respects. Um, but I think it, yeah, in terms of actually, I think to be able to be autonomous in making decisions based on on the why and the what, I think that's what's different is when you are part of, you know, a business where its majority is owned by somebody else, you are making those decisions in their best interest, not necessarily in your best interest or the business's best interest, to, to be honest. So I think it's, yeah, it comes at a time where you, I guess, kind of need that ability to be able to kind of figure out what is important to you and how you want to operate your business. And I think there's, you know, with everything we've just been through in the world, I think there's been some shift in what is important. Um, and I think that, you know, to kind of show how vulnerable the industry, you know, especially the hospitality industry was, um, you know, has been a bit of an eye-opener. And it's also, I think it's brought about so many interesting and amazing talents, ideas, innovation. It's kind of really, um, really ramped things up. Yeah, yeah. yeah Inspiring, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So then how, uh, after then obviously Treadwell, how did, because then you've developed all's well. Tell us about, you know, it's like this so, passion project business. Yeah, that, that was definitely a pandemic baby. Yeah, I reckon. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you had the idea, you were working towards that already though. And then obviously, bam. Yeah, I think I was working towards moving Treadwell's um, and I guess kind of relaunching it in its next incarnation, which was more about, yeah, I guess my ethos and things that I believed in. So it came to a point where obviously that, you know, everything was kind of halted. Mm. Um, and it also came to a point that I had, I guess I had that real feeling of kind of helplessness of I've never been in that situation where I have felt helpless because I have, you know, an overabundance of, of people that are relying on me for an income and also for, for motivation, for inspiration, for growth and development. Um I myself need, you know, there's something that is becomes very, I think because with everything was became so kind of um, stripped back and pared back that, you know, instead of actually doing, having the breadth of things to do that I had pre-COVID, I was having to do a lot of the kind of day-to-day tasks, which meant it took me away from kind of bigger picture stuff because yeah. financially, cash flow-wise, I couldn't really afford to have somebody do certain jobs that, you know, I could potentially do it myself. So, and then it came to a point that it was, it was kind of like, well, yeah, in order to preserve, you know, even mental health, I think there needs to be some life, there needs to be something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just having these people kind of relying on me, it was like, well, how can I create something that can then give them something in terms of, you know, an income, but also something to think about and get involved in and be part of. Yeah. Um and one of my team actually said to me, well, you know, what about potentially, you know, there are these kind of sites that you can kind of let short term. So that's kind of where it was all born. And it was, yeah, I just wanted to create something that was a bit of a, a lifeline for us, really. And very much about, I think it was an opportunity at that time that, you know, before I've probably taken you know, a year to open a restaurant. It's taken me that long to, you know, when you get everything. And this was, I think we got, we got the keys 10 days before we opened and then we, the whole process was probably like a four week, three to four week process. Wow. Um, and it was just, and I thought, well, you know what, what have I got to lose? Yeah. Potentially, you know, a bit, a bit of capital, but minimal cause it was risk. It was pretty risk free in some ways because it was a short term kind of lease. Um, I had, the, I had the team, I had kind of the, you know, the know-how and it was just, I actually went, back into I, I kind of feel like I came full circle because I was you know where I started was in a tiny kitchen uh, doing you know pretty much everything myself and it came right back to that point where it was like I was the one actually you know cooking and 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 doing it's um very humbling and I think I think really COVID's done that to everyone I've said so many times yeah. I feel like I'm a new one of business again in so many ways yeah. but with all of the experience of the last nine years have, have given me but yeah. you're back streamlined doing tons of stuff on your own again and so it yeah. is humbling though and I think in itself it's going to be you know it's like 12 steps back but also what we can learn now as we go forward exactly and, and I think you know for me it was very much about I think just yeah, doing something that was 
that was probably more the essence of me, which was something that was just, you know, it wasn't too kind of over the top. It was just really delicious food. It was using suppliers that, that I kind of had relationships with and wanted to support. It was the team enjoying themselves. It was, yeah, it was just kind of a, a chance to just, yeah, create a little pocket of, you know, kind of... You on a, a plate, bit. I think I said to you, because I've, I've eaten it all as well. I took the family and we ate everything and it's super delicious, which is why you have to book. Um, the <laughs> links are on this podcast. You must book and go and support uh, Chantel. I'll be reminding you again at the end, but your food is amazing and it is you on a plate. It really is. You can mm. see it, feel it, the vibe of the plate. I mean, your staff, like, again, it's just all heart and it's, and that's, you know, it, it radiates and it kind of connects with people and it creates joy and happiness and a love yeah. of eating and yeah. feeling. And I think, you know, we needed that at that time yeah. and we still, you know. Still do and continue to so, do. Yeah, something that kind of started as a very, you know, kind of just quick idea became something that's actually, yeah, was a bit of a lifeline in, in some respects in many ways. I think so. And that, I mean, like, obviously COVID's had massive impacts, but obviously this is a ended up even though it's been of course terrifically hard and emotional and a massive slog of work and energy but something very lovely that's come out of things and something you've created along the way that's you know beneficial to others and to you and and the whole process that's come out of it has been beneficial to you as a woman in business as a business owner as an entrepreneur yeah and I think it was that opportunity to I think sometimes when you've I guess for me, whenever I'd open restaurants, there was, you know, there was kind of a huge amount of capital. It was a huge name behind it. Um, and this just felt a bit more, I guess, freer because it was, you know, I think the time frame, everything, you know, there wasn't the huge budgets. There wasn't, it was just very much right. What can we do and how can we do it? And I was very intent on, I really, really wanted not to purchase anything new for it. I really wanted to either, you know, reuse, repurpose, get stuff secondhand. And we, you know, we pretty much did it pretty. There was a few things that we kind of had to, but it was just a, yeah, it was kind of a, a way to, you know, a challenge as well. Um, and did kind of show it's all possible. So I think, you know, moving forward, it's definitely, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to have learned just from doing it. Right. Amazing. And those who don't know all's well, uh, you're in Hackney. And so mm -hmm. your menu, I mean, it's all about sustainability, about low waste, no waste. Can you just shed a little bit of light and just share a bit about that for people who kind of don't know so much about all's yeah, well absolutely. or sustainability in general, really, and why it's yeah, so important? Yeah, I mean, I think sustainability is a funny word because I think, you know, if you look at it, actually, we don't want to sustain things the way they are. We want to improve them. We want to regenerate things. So I think that's been another realisation that I've had is that actually – you know, to term what I want to do, it is regenerative restauranting, restauranteering. Um, and it's very much about creating, you know, within a community um, and being able to regenerate certain things and it's helping suppliers. So, you know, very much wanting to support as local as we can kind of get, which in British produce, so Kent and Sussex, I get a lot of the produce from there. Um, regenerative farming, um, so pasture for life, super important only using sustainable seafood and really just trying to challenge ourselves with, you know, what could be deemed as waste. How can we use it? Um, and yeah, just kind of thinking of ways of doing things and finding best practice in some ways of, as to how to, I guess, you know, work towards more of a circular economy in terms of it being, you know, pretty much low waste, um, supporting the community and being able to repurpose, reuse rather than, you know, everything needing to be shiny, new, consistent, exactly the same, you know, look the same on the plate. I think it's more about celebrating the fact that, you know, it is, you know, nature, food is, isn't, is, it's natural. It's not yeah. normal for things to be as consistent as we've expect, we've become to expect them to be. Yeah, yeah. But I think just, yeah, moving that whole program from even, you know, we use a, a local, um, an urban winery that's based just down the road from us called Renegade who create really cool, interesting wines. There's a brewery kind of up a bit further that we're, you know, looking to do some work together on projects and looking to ways we can potentially take some of their waste things that they have and turn them into, into food called Exhale. So wow, yeah, it's amazing. Kind of it's fascinating. It's yeah. And I think it's, you know, business needs to be about relationships. I think that's been a key learning curve from, 
yeah, I guess you know, experience and age, and you do you do figure out what's kind of important to you. Yeah, definitely. And I think now it's, it's more poignant than ever before, really. So, I mean, our topic today, of course, is consciousness in business. Um, and how would you say that you have developed, obviously, c- through COVID uh, and just with everything else that's ever happened and shaped you to who you are as the woman you are today? But but now more than ever, why would you say it's important for uh, everyone who's listening to start to become a bit more conscious with their business with their decisions how they operate and you know why that's important how you find it it's beneficial to you yeah I think it's you know it kind of it's a 360 um I think it starts with your your approach and your ethos um and also how you how you treat people and that's the people that are actually obviously your your team your staff to actually the the end user of if it's a product or if it's guests in the restaurant whatever it is and I think it's I guess it's it's having yeah being being present and conscious in your decisions rather than it just being a kind of tick box exercise in some respects as well so rather than kind of going for the easiest cheapest option which you know a lot of businesses um do but also I think you you know it's about it's a balancing act and I would say that there is no holy grail and perfect kind of way to attain it it's a business it's a balancing act for every business and you know, when we talk about sustainability, it's, you know, the first thing to actually make sure a business is sustainable is that it's financially sustainable. So it does, you know, all come into that. And I think, you know, that the the mantra of the people, planet and profit is really important because I think actually all those things are important to ensure a business can survive, but also ensure that there is, you know, it is that 360, there's a bit more than just a business. And I think, there's a huge amount of power behind a business and scope for all sorts of it's being part of a community. If it's um, empowering people, if it's, um, you know, providing a lifeline to suppliers, if they can supply their product into your, your business. So I think it's, it's kind of the way I, I term it is just to analyze everything that comes in and everything that goes out. And, and I guess, you know, balance out, is that the best way for the business at that particular moment in time. And if it is that moment in time, but there's things that you would want to change moving forward, it's kind of that wish list of where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's got to be practical, it's got to fit in with your time frame, and it's also got to fit in with your, you know, financially. So it's not, yeah, it's almost not preaching to a, to a perfect um, scenario. It's just saying, okay, if I'm more conscious about the decisions I'm making, then at least I know the reason why I've made that decision, and then I can move on to the next one. And I think gradually, you know, every little bit of change that you can facilitate just helps. And I, I say that to people when I, we're talking about, you know, people saying things like, oh, I want to be, you know, have a, you know, less, use less plastic or use plastic or eat more vegetables. It's, it's like every little thing you can do is a step on the journey. Of so course. rather than thinking everything's too big and it's too hard, especially right now, you know, things it feels like these massive mountains in front of us and sometimes it can feel too daunting to kind of even start but I think if you kind of just start and put one foot in front of each other and yeah just be conscious in those decisions as to as to why you do things and you know it's not about justifying it, it's about you feeling comfortable and confident with it and I think as your business grows and it all moves forward then you have that peace of mind yeah. that you know you, you're doing the right thing and I think that that will always be really um present it will also you know trickle down through the team but also it'll be very very noticeable from the end user and i think that especially now people are consumers are a lot more conscious about what they're doing how they're doing who they're doing it with so i think it's just excuse me that whole journey forward that we're all on together now and i think COVID has definitely made us think a lot more Mm, definitely Definitely. It made some positive, you know, as, as horrific as it's been, it has made some positive changes. Yeah, 100%, mm. completely agree. And again, it just goes back to the why. You know, it really yeah. is the why, the why you do things, marching to the beat of your own drum and and feeling and going with mm. your gut and trusting your insight. And again, it's the people, the community, it's having, yeah, doing it. And that's your own, living in your own authenticity and why it's mm. so important. Um, yeah, oh, fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. I think that's going to really 
everything you were saying is just, I think everyone's going to be sitting, nodding and rewinding and rewriting some notes because it's, it's so practical, but so real and so true. And sometimes people just need reminding or just need to hear it right now, especially, um, you know, and it has been such a blur and especially, you know, I think what's been the only, you know, the good thing again is one, we've learned things, we've gone through this process, you know, uh, but the fact that everyone has gone through it, it you know, to collectively has mm. really forged these amazing connections between people. I mean, really, it's amazing. And I think across the world, you know, when would you ever get to say that? And you wouldn't. So something as, you know, dramatic and, and yeah, life-changing as it's all mm. been has really provided a shift that's taken us all through it and out the other side as we're all etching through and out the other side of it. But now we're all, we've all been transformed by the whole experience, of course. You know, we've lived it and, and breathed it and had to get through it. We've had to reduce and adapt and do things that we, we never could have foreseen, you know. It's just been both personally, at home, with children, with business, all of it in all aspects of our lives. So it's made us rethink the people we spend our time with and who we do business with and those relationships with the individuals moving forward, you know, even though I've always kind of been like that in the, you know, as I've grown my muy bueno, I've always kind of had my mantra of, you know, ridding the naysayers and everything else, but more so now, again, it's just like this whole new level of quality and real raw quality connections I think that's what's been so nice as well because you've seen people who you know everyone's had to be humbled by this process Mm. it doesn't matter who you are you've been affected somehow and you then are also maybe people have had to come right back down to basics and had to start doing things again like year one of business and that's hugely humbling and I think it's you know really um I like the fact that we're all, yeah, kind of supporting one another through the other side of it. And now we're all going to come up together with this new outlook, this fresh realness. And and only amazing things are going to come from that. Yes, I think that's, yeah, I think it's definitely made a little positive change. And I think it's about just kind of, yeah, picking up that baton and running with it and, and keeping keeping the innovation and keeping the creativity going. I think that's been amazing to see. So I really you know hope that that, that continues as well. 100%. Chantelle, thank you so much. You've been an incredible guest. And uh, for those of you listening, the details for All's Well and Treadwells are on the website uh, and on uh, our podcast page. Please do. It's so important, uh, as you all well know, but now more than ever before, after such a long time being in lockdown, um, coming out the other side now and going and booking in with Chantelle, get yourself to All's Well, book in and go and support her and in turn enjoy an amazing experience and lots of really delicious food uh, and you'll get to meet Chantelle too. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, please do go and uh, yeah, book at both, both Treadwells and All's Well and, uh, and Planted. Chantelle's amazing cookbook is also available on Amazon. So go and buy that. And I did spot copies. You also sell them in stores. So you can buy one when you go and visit too. Thank you so much. All the best next week as you open back up. And I will definitely be down to Hackney to come and visit for sure. Amazing. See you soon. Thank you, Chantelle. And I hope you all really enjoyed uh, Chantelle. She's an amazing woman. Her restaurant's open again next week. uh, So please do get booking. All's well over in Hackney. And of course, a Green Michelin star Treadwells over in Covent Garden. And of course, you can get her cookbook planted online. Um, I'll make sure all of the links to everything is on the podcast episode here today. And that's it, really. Wishing you all a really fantastic next fortnight. Goodness knows what it might bring. Hopefully lots of good things now. I'm ready for my good stuff in abundance. Um, And I'm going to be working very, very hard to make sure that I get it and achieve it and keep lining all those ducks up and I hope you all do the same as always please do share this podcast if it resonates with you Um, please rate it please pop the star rating on as well because it all makes a difference Um, hopefully five stars but do write a little note as well if you are a regular listener because that all helps push it up the podcast charts it helps it get seen by more Uh, by other women in business who may well really benefit from 
each one of these episodes and please do share an episode with someone you know who is a woman in business or not but if it's an episode which you know may well resonate do share it um and that's it really wishing you all a really fantastic next fortnight in all the ways. And just a reminder that we just never know what curveballs are going to be thrown at us in any way, shape or form. Even when all our ducks are aligned perfectly, even in a giant pandemic, and they all get sent scattering and lining them back up again, and then they get scattered again. And that just seems to be what we have to keep doing in life and in business Um, and keeping that control, keeping that order. Um, But it has to start from within and just getting yourself okay first and then working outwards from there all over again and prioritizing, reprioritizing both personally and professionally to just keep your head above water, keep a cool head, calm, collected, and keep like a swan paddling away underneath, uh, but graceful and and swan-like on top. And that's the reality, I think, of being a woman in business all the time. And people don't know what challenges we're often facing, and certainly they don't know until we share. So I think this episode, really, I hope you take a lot from it. And, um, and yeah, have an awesome, empowering brilliant next fortnight and I look forward to checking in with you all again then. Take care.